Welcome to episode 54 of Cyclops is Waiting for an X-Men animated series weekly recap podcast. I am JC and I am so fucking full of holiday cheer right now. You have no idea, Rod. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And I'm Rod. <laughs> We're, you know, technically we are recording this to, because, you know, I love to timestamp these episodes. You really fucking do. We, we are recording this technically on the final day of Christmas. Historically, oh. January 6th is the last day of Christmas. And I think it was when Christmas originally was before the Gregorian calendar. That's why there's 12 days of Christmas. You're not wrong, and I can't give you a hard time for it. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. You're going to hear this about a week before Valentine's Day, but <laughs> Merry Christmas. About that, yeah. Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly recap podcast where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men animated series in the original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, coming to Disney Plus this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we've heard not much else about it. Yeah, we're going to have to change the intro when we get through the end of season five because we're going to be watching stuff other than X-Men the Animated Series. Yeah, and just general stuff. We've been talking about some other stuff like just like recapping things with various people involved with the show that aren't necessarily specific episodes and various themes and stuff. So Yeah, if you have ideas, tell us. What what do you want from us aside from me to watch Pride of the X-Men? Yeah. Which will happen. <laughs> some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that came out now over 30 years ago. There are going to be spoilers. And if you don't want it spoiled for you, Pause the podcast, watch the episode, come back. We will do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we have not yet covered. And we are not affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way, shape, or form. So our thoughts are ours and ours alone. Yep. And at this point, we're actively trying not to get <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> it's get- really easy to say we're actively trying to get yeah. or not get sponsorship once we've already killed any chance of them sponsoring yes, us. Yes, totally. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Also, thanks to everybody that's listening to us on YouTube. That was kind of unexpected. I mean, we put it up there so we expected people to see it, but I... We were hopeful. Okay, hopeful, yes. So it, was, so it was nice to see you there. Shout out it's to It's a you. Christmas miracle. Right, it is. <laughs> so it's, In it's, February. It's nice to see you on there. We're going to try to do our best to keep up with comments and also anybody that's still on TikTok as of right now, we're like around like 800 followers or something. There might be more, or I guess if I do bad enough, less. Uh, yeah, just kill it. Yeah. And also, I am not commenting as much on there. I'll try my best. Someone complimented on how much I was commenting up until the argument started because I don't know anything about the argument stuff. We need to talk about the arguments yeah. after this recording because <laughs> I'll give you some shit. Yeah. And finally, we record these episodes in batches right now. So if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we'll be a few weeks behind. And right now, all we have is hearsay. The closest thing we had was the thing I mentioned last week that is like, Trash. Mm, it, it's 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 on the line, but we'll see how it ages. It's trash. Now on to the show. Today we are talking about season four, episode seventeen, entitled "Have Yourself a Morlock Little Christmas." Actually, sorry, "Have Yourself a Morlock Little Xmas." They actually don't oh, say Christ. Yeah. Well, Despite the fact that other episodes have definitely talked about Christ. Yes, but I guess Xmas makes sense. Yeah. X Men. It aired on December twenty third of nineteen ninety five, so it literally aired oh, wow. the day before Christmas Eve, which that's good timing. Yeah, and it sits at a six point two star rating on IMDb. In previously on X Men: The Making of an Animated Series, Eric Leewald does address the best laid plans and talks about how, according to the internet at the time when he wrote the book, it is one of the least like, if not the least liked episodes. That's that's weird because it wasn't bad. I like this episode. I legitimately like. You know, we've we've talked about it. There are certain episodes that we don't remember, uh-huh. especially from the later seasons when we were starting to get into like middle school and high school and not watching as much stuff. I remember watching this episode multiple times and I always had like positive memories. Like I'm, not, it's not, you know, it's not the Dark Phoenix saga, but it still was good. You know, I think maybe some people's problem with it is it didn't fall in line with the serialization like it didn't forward like any of the other big like story arcs or something besides maybe the Morlock thing a little bit. Right. But like this was very in line with if there's anybody younger is listening that doesn't remember this era that when people when not people when these shows would have Christmas like holiday specials. Yes. I guess the closest thing that's still surviving is like the Treehouse of Horror on Simpsons where they're kind of like separated from the canon in a little bit or at the most that they're not really concerned about the current story they'll like take a sidestep do a little christmas story and then come back into it there eric does acknowledge that you know usually these one-off christmas episodes usually work best when it is tied to comedies as opposed to a superhero action story (laughs) all that said for years 
Marvel would do holiday special books and like even still around Halloween, we get those definitely. But I remember there being Christmas specials in Marvel comics and such for a while. There was a recent Spider-Man issue that was like literally set in the month of December, came out in the month of December and it was talking about like Christmas shopping and stuff like that. So it's not an unheard of thing within the superhero world. There's a Spider-Man Christmas album that all the different Spider-Men from the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Right. They all sing different Christmas songs. I don't want to hear that ever. Pretty hilarious. You know, the wild thing is, I forget what he sings or if he sings on it. Jake Johnson sings on there. It's hilarious. The kid who voices Miles Morales. Yeah. Like legitimately good. Like, yeah. It's a good song <laughs> and he's great. <laughs> he kind of spoils the joke. <laughs> So we have a funny joke that actually kicks in right at the beginning. It starts off, especially as the music guy. Yeah. Did you pick up on the disconnect of the song and then the song they're singing? Yeah, it was, it started off with, if I remember right, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yep. And then went into like a really out of tune Deck the Halls. Yes. And it did it twice in the show. So very, at the very beginning, definitely. Right. But that was absolutely the wrong song for, for the, what the background music was. <laughs> Granted, they made the joke about like, oh, Scott's a terrible singer and he's yeah. the one who's ruining it. But it was also like, those aren't the right songs. So the, the, the lyrics and the melody just didn't connect in any way, shape or form. I was so confused by that. It, it's weird because if I remember right, it would have made more sense if it was like what you described where it just like was one music and then everybody sings something different on top. It started that way, and then like the music, I think if I remember the right. The beat was different than what they were singing. It started going into Deck the Halls as they were singing it more, and I was like, why? But it was in a different key. It was weird. It was, you know what I, I attribute it the most to? Have you ever been to like a wedding or, or somewhere where there was a shitty DJ, mm-hmm. and they're trying to mix the <laughs> beats, <Yeah. laughs> and it's the thunk, the thunk, the thunk, instead yeah. of actually hitting the beat at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. how it felt for me. And maybe that's like my one spot of music background where I like, that's where I was identifying it. But I don't think I've ever been more triggered by Christmas <laughs> music that was not Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah. No, it, no that, that some, somebody's gonna make that fan edit of All I Want For Christmas Is You opening up this episode. <laughs> yeah, we need fans for that first. But we go inside and it's Scott, Jubilee, and Rogue, and they're trimming the tree and they call Wolverine over to sing. Mm-hmm. Can so, you can imagine Wolverine singing. So here's the funny part. According to Eric Leewald, Cal Dodd, who is the voice of Wolverine, is a professional singer. Oh. And not only that, but he has a Christmas CD. He literally is singing like Jingle Bells as the first song on there. I'm definitely looking this up as soon as I get home then. Yeah. That's amazing. But yes, it so makes- the voice of Wolverine is actually an amazing singer. <laughs> and, but he he refuses. I guess in the isolations of the episode is just because he's grumpy. Yes. In connection with the previous two episodes, he has had a lot of trauma. <laughs> like- but also, did you notice that what they called him? They didn't call him like the Grinch. They didn't call him grumpy. They called him Grumpus, which... Is it Krampus? That's what I was like, wait, is this an early reference to Krampus? Because when I was a kid, I don't remember ever hearing about Krampus. Yeah, like that was either, not yeah. until we were in like college probably before that became like more zeitgeisty in the US. Yeah. But it was like the Grumpus. What else would the yeah. us be? Because there's not another thing that yeah. sounds like that now. Unless it was like a generic or maybe it was that it was understood and like the the writers who were older than the kids you know and it's kind of like the, the Roddy Dangerfield jokes and stuff yeah oh. oh no totally I don't think that was even yeah. meant for the kids but like it was like oh were they actually making a Krampus, Krampus show yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I it was like this was a very interesting start it was loaded with very cool moments to the show aside from the horrible beat mixing <laughs> the audio yeah and then Jubilee's excited because he's like it's my first Christmas as an X-Man and I, we were both like, this whole, all four seasons have been one year? Yes. So that's that's why in the previous two episodes where we started alluding to how long has it been and what age is Jubilee? Because you're like, oh, well, if she was 13 when it started, then she has to be like 14 or 15 now. That means the, the absolute oldest she can be is 14. Because if she started as a 13-year-old, let's say she started at that mall on January 2nd <laughs> of that year. This means she's only been an X-Men for one calendar year. And you know, at most, shouldn't be surprised because, especially because this was X Men '95, no '92, right? '92. Okay, now this doesn't make sense because the next one's in '97. So I guess we are going to have a time jump. I don't know. Well, it's it's '97 because that is the year that the next season would yeah. have taken place. But like, uh, not because of the real time. I, gu- yeah, I guess, or because of the real time. Yeah. I guess because X Men '97 was titled the way it was. That put into my head that like each season was a consecutive year. Fair. You know, like mm-hmm. 92, 93 and stuff. But it's just wild to think all this shit happened in a single year. Like all these 
every single X-Men should be in therapy right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you also got to take for a while comic book time was mm-hmm. where every one year of comic book time encompassed seven years of publishing. That was the old that was the old thing because I, I specifically remember when I started getting back into comics in the mid 2000s they celebrated a bar mitzvah for the thing mm-hmm. as 13 years from when he went up into space with the fantastic four and became the thing so that that was literally 13 years had happened over the course of more than you know a half century or mm-hmm. at that point it would have been 40 something years yeah it was wild that's weird yeah, yeah. I don't- time dilation man but that's why we get to like cram in as much stuff and you don't have to have a christmas episode every year yeah. in a show like this so i could have I, I would have kind of liked that even not every year necessarily but like a couple of them just kind of see them like evolve and stuff yeah but then we cut away to gene and gambit in the kitchen arguing yes i love this because even though it had to be unintentional gene is being a total karen and she just does not want his help. I don't know why he's in there in the first place. But I I like that Gambit's like, do you not know what spice is? <laughs> and yeah. so we have like Jean, who's obviously like a white woman. She's like, it's like, it's perfect. And it's like, well, there's this Cajun dude who says like, it doesn't taste like anything. Right. He wants to add cayenne. And then I, I, because I didn't throw the captions on, I think he was saying time is the next thing he was adding Probably, to it or something yeah. like that. He's like, I'm just going to make this shit spicy and hurt. <laughs> Yeah, well, or even I was even taking it as like, even if it's not like hurtful spices, like just something with spices other yes. than maybe like salt and pepper. Because everything he describes, like, that sounds good. So he goes to pick up something off the, the counter and she uses her telekinesis <laughs> in the most spiteful way possible and just like does not let him pick it up. And then this is where we're, we have to be like, okay, maybe they weren't fully cooking it because when it gets released, he slams into the oven and then a pot of water falls on top of him. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, Okay, must not have been boiling because he would be in the worst pain ever. Yeah, his face would be melting off. Just like Alice in Borderland. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, there's face melting in the second season. Makes sense. That's a Korean show, right? Japanese. Japanese. So then we see Beast is in the lab making something. It looks like a lab experiment at first, but then he starts like tasting it. Well, he's also making references to to an alcoholic drink. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, when when he's like giving his little like a monologue, he's literally talking about I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was literally about a a drink of some okay. kind. And then he's like, he then specifies as he's tasting it that it is specifically not alcoholic, alcoholic which is definitely a, a standard. That's total. Well, especially after that quote, a hundred percent. And Storm and Xavier are watching some like surveillance cameras. Yeah, they're watching like, the cameras and they're just like, oh, that's kind of creepy, but okay. And Xavier says how this is kind of his happiest Christmas right now. Storm is kind of distracted and you don't really know why. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's an explosion and yeah. it's like, Wait, is somebody attacking on Christmas Eve? Yeah, that's when we find out this is Christmas Eve. They give us the timeline. This is one of those moments that really works best when there is a commercial break. Yes. Because when it arrives directly back, there's like... There's no suspense to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was that... I think there was even like a musical swell. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And everybody's running. There's an explosion in Sector 9, which is Beast Quarters. And apparently he blew up as he was making some sort of cranberry glaze. Yeah. And yeah, like you said before we were recording, like, how was he making it that exploded that much? Also, I really don't want to bring the explosive cranberry glaze to (laughs) Gene, who already doesn't want Gambit touching with spices, let alone explosive chemicals. That's why he's in the lab. He's like, it'll literally be easier to make arsenic than to cook with her. (laughs) He's just going to bring it out in like a little gravy boat on the side. And people are just going to be like, what's that? <laughs> it's bubbling and lighting on fire at the table. Yeah. I, I love how excited Wolverine is. Yeah, he's so genuinely disappointed when he finds out it's a false alarm. Wait, is something happening? So he's genuinely disappointed by all this. And then he basically says all this good cheer is driving him nuts. <laughs> and that's when Jubilee is like, oh, we need to go out Christmas shopping, referring to her and Storm. And Wolverine's like, are you fucking insane? On Christmas Eve. Well, one, they're in like Westchester. They're not yeah. like in the city. And they want to go into Manhattan on Christmas Eve to shop. Also, I don't know where there's a mall like that in Manhattan. So that's a whole other issue. Something with lots of skylights so they can break. Yeah, exactly. This is the one time where they're in an area with skylights that it doesn't just shatter them all. But I I, I had my notes. I was like, I'm with Wolverine on this one. Yeah. Fucking like, because, you know, we live in Los Angeles and stuff. I was in a shopping center like four days before Christmas. That was never again. No. Like, I can't even imagine the, Christmas Eve. The only advantage to Los Angeles is, for the most part, people abandon the city on Christmas Eve. Yeah. 
But you lock yourself down for two weeks. But oh, yeah, most yeah. of us who've who've seen it, yeah. like yeah. But but the but the malls are still like oh yeah, busy. a mall is stupid. My only thinking I can think of like why they did it on Christmas Eve was that they didn't know they would have the time off before. That's why everybody's like remedy, like Xavier's like oh it's so nice to have this time off because there's no crisis happening currently. Right. Well, they're also trimming the tree on Christmas Eve yeah. too, which. I mean, I've also heard about families doing that from a traditional perspective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's very different now because most people who set up trees are doing it like before Thanksgiving at yeah, this yeah. point. But I do remember that being a tradition in certain families for a while. Yeah. Well, so, you know, we were joking earlier that this is the final day of Christmas. So technically, if you're going, if and correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody's listening that knows this, but if from my understanding, the original Christmas thing was you would trim the tree on Christmas Eve on the 24th have your Christmas celebrations for 12 days, mm-hmm. and then you would take it down on January 6th. Right. And so trimming the tree on Christmas Eve made more sense when you're going to leave it up for like a week and a half. Yeah. Two weeks as, a, as opposed to most people like are literally ripping it down on like dinner Christmas day. Yeah, yeah. Or like my, my family's tradition was on Thanksgiving night, since everybody was already home anyway, we'd decorate the tree and put it yep. up. And then we mandatory fun, yeah, mandatory fun. And then we'd take it down on New Year's Day, right? That was just like a thing because we were all home from school and stuff. Makes sense, but yeah, it was like, it was like why? Why would you go to the mall on Christmas no. Eve? <laughs> yeah, and then you know, Wolverine's obviously against it. Jubilee is like, but come on, I'm excited. I get to buy nice gifts for people, and that's where she goes, she, she goes she, come on, Wolfie. Yeah, and she gives him the little gut punch on top of it of it's her first real family during Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's like. Fuck this yeah. fucking kid. Yeah, she's like, you've defected at least three times this year alone. So- <laughs> it's true. He actually has. Yeah. So you owe me this. At the, I mean, right off the top of her head, went up to the, the Arctic yeah. for some reason, Japan, and I'm sure he ran away another time. Yeah, there's. Oh, when he was in the desert oh, meditating. Yeah. yeah, in Arizona. But then there was also the Alpha Flight stuff, right? So it's like he's like just randomly like left like maybe four, like three to four times. Yeah. yeah. In one year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or less than, because maybe this started in June, which oh truncates god. it even more. Oh god! So they end up in the mall, and then a woman decides that she needs to give Wolverine a, a spray of cologne, which I agree with his perspective on this. She sprays it directly in his face, and then I actually had a flashback to One Man's Worth between him and Storm, because he like literally is like rearing back like he's going to hit this woman, and Storm is like, Wolverine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, Wait, was that like a little like, oh, yeah. yeah. They still have the same behavior. Yeah. And also for him, because we already know that his sense of smell is like very like animal. Oh, yeah. So it has to be 10 times stronger. Yeah. He has to be like dying. I do like, at least the times I've been in the mall, like the, you know, the last few years or whatever, it's been less like that. But in the 90s, it was pretty, it was aggressive like that. I've seen them be aggressive, but I've never actually seen them spray somebody without at least getting them to say yes yeah. first. I haven't seen anybody get sprayed directly. I do remember when I was a kid, them spraying like in the air all over. Oh, that still definitely something. happens. That still happens? Yeah. Oh God, that's just like, yeah. so. <laughs> yep. It all meshes together. Yep. But Storm luckily saves that woman's life, even though she, of all people, probably doesn't deserve it. And they end up going to Rockefeller Center to skate. Again, on Christmas Eve sounds ridiculous. Awful. Absolutely awful. Sounds like the worst thing on the planet to do. When I lived on the East Coast, we would go to Rockefeller on Christmas Day. Mm. And that actually, surprisingly, not too bad. I think it's because most people are home. Right. You can't necessarily skate because a shit ton of people want to skate. Right. But the center is pretty... Like, you can do it, and you can go to a Broadway show, and it's not crazy. But I feel like Christmas Eve is, like, a whole other... So, weirdly enough, in the past two years, there have been three comic book-related things at Rockefeller Center for me. One being this episode here. Mm -hmm. One being Hawkeye. Yeah. And then in the recent Amazing Spider-Man Dark Web series, which is out right now, it's him, Iceman, and Firestar literally fighting a demonically possessed version of the Rockefeller tree. Oh, wow. Oh, they, there's a whole thing. Okay, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to ask for an explanation. Yeah. It sounds like a long story. And then everybody gets mad when Iceman freezes the tree. But they're skating, and all of a sudden, sirens pop off, and you could tell there's excitement from Wolverine because he literally says he could smell trouble. Yeah, and, and you can't you can't hear it. We don't hear yeah. it yet until after he says that, and then the ambulance pops up, and then it goes through that overhang and ends yeah. up flying towards the ice with so a bunch you, of people on it. So you mentioned Hawkeye. To me, yeah. like this was very reminiscent of one of the scenes in Hawkeye yeah. where like a vehicle crashes into Rockefeller. Not an ambulance, range. though. Yeah, not an ambulance. And also the Hawkeye one, arguably one of the most horrific moments for me in the MCU. Was that the owl? The owl in that car. Like that's horrible implications. Yep. <laughs> 
God, I'm so sad that they didn't give us that post-credit sequence <laughs> and make it official. Yeah. But Storm is able to luckily not be skating and saves it by calling Wind, mm-hmm. her her go-to yeah. savior. And the ambulance lands across. Wolverine picks up Jubilee and skates over. I don't know why he picked her up because she seemed to be skating fine but herself. Yeah, and he seemed to be the one having problems with anything. I thought he was just like... He's just grumpy. He was just grumpy yeah. and going slow. And then a few kids almost like bumped into him. I don't yeah. think he had a problem skating okay. though. He is Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I still don't know why he picked her up. Yeah, I guess it's just like instinct. So we find out that it's two of the Morlocks that are in the truck. Ape in particular is there. He's the driver. He rips off the back door and starts grabbing medicine. And Wolverine just goes like full on judgy as fuck. Yeah. I didn't realize from the last encounter how much Wolverine really hates the Morlocks apparently. It's a little racist. Because he calls them like filthy or something. He talks about like gutter trash and smelling yeah. them and stuff. I was like, okay, damn. <laughs> the cops are to arrive. Ape is trying to run with the medicine that he picked up and you know, he lets them know. It's like, oh, Leech is sick. And that's when, if you hadn't remembered who Leech was, Jubilee gives you the helpful reminder of, oh, the little kid. Because you know, some of these times, like, we don't know if somebody is small because of a mutant ability yeah. or a power or what has affected them. But it's like, no, he's he's literally a kid. Child, yeah. I'm very sad in X3 that he was just a normal looking kid. Yeah, they didn't have the telekinetic powers. I was okay with him not having the telekinetic powers. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure those don't exist in the comics yeah, either. Yeah. But basically, they tried to take Leech to a hospital. And you see some nurses tried to, you know, administer some sort of care to him. And it zapped them because mm-hmm. Leech was literally leeching their energy yeah and they get rejected from the hospital which is really really fucked up yeah that's harsh but i guess at some point like he's causing more harm then they actually say like well storm like where were you you were supposed to be our leader during all this with valid right because we haven't seen them in a while like the last time we saw them was the lady death strike episode yeah it was the when the basketball thing right yeah the video call and yeah i think they said the same thing they're like where the fuck are you <laughs> that's a direct quote from the show yeah yeah no, where the fuck are you it's leech saying it yeah oh well, he's really cute where the fuck are you <laughs> yeah it goes over real well storm is able to distract the cops by you know putting some snow in place and they all start to run towards the sewers and jubilee is like worried about the presence falling yeah over yeah, she, she, she was like, okay, uh, the storm's like, leave them. It's not important. And then she just stops and grabs them anyway. And stacks them properly. Yeah. And then one still falls off. Yeah. They start walking into the sewer. Jubilee is worried because it's one hour before dinner. How were you getting home from Rockefeller Center to Westchester if it was this close to Christmas dinner, regardless of the Morlock stuff? Yeah. And we don't even know where the sewer thing is. It's in New York City. There's a lot of them. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Morlocks, like, portion uh, of it. I'd, I'd probably somewhere between Rockefeller and Grand Central. I yeah. think that, yeah, they want to be near the commerce. It's funny because like normally I would be kind of critical of something like that. But this is kind of kind of like the Hawkeye series that happened during Christmas. There's these little little like Christmas special tropes. So right. they have to add like the ticking clock things. They're like one hour until dinner. It's like, okay, like now right. I got <laughs> yeah. They get to to the, the area with all the Morlocks and Callisto immediately snaps at Storm, which again, don't blame her. Yeah. Because let's assume that this happened in the first quarter of the year. Yeah. That means Storm has visited once since becoming the leader of the Morlocks. And defeating Callisto. Well, you know, she defeated her in the first episode, and then she comes back when the Reavers attack them. Yeah, yeah. So that's her only visit. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, just the... She's only been there twice. Callisto specifically is probably extra butthurt. Oh, oh, you yeah, you're not talking time frame. You're just talking about, like... because she got beat. Yeah. Well, maybe she shouldn't have gotten beat with her shitty lightsaber. (laughs) And basically, yeah, she's like, is this Christmas charity that you're coming? And Storm gives her a little bit of a shutdown. Like, I came here to help, so kind of shut your mouth. Oh, yeah, she said, I don't deserve that. I was like, you know, Storm, Mm -hmm. I love you. This is one of the times where I don't know if that's... She has a point. Yeah. So (laughs) you deserve a little bit of it. Not right at this moment. Not right now. You guys can fight after you've taken care of the sick kid. Which is the point that Storm makes. She's like, we have to put our differences aside because this is happening. They're like, agreed, and they shake hands. You see a little bit more of the tunnels, and you see, like, Rod and I both wrote this note down that they literally have the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. Which was the Charlie Brown tree. Was the ornament broken on it in the Charlie Brown version? I don't think it was yeah because this one was not just the tree that's falling over with a single ornament but it was like broken yeah because the bauble as well they probably got it out of a dump or leech specifically got a dumpster or something right a brown christmas tree 
Nope, it's not in a coffee can, and it doesn't. Have well, I knew it wasn't in a coffee can. But but everything else is pretty much spot on. It's just like if you grab the Charlie Brown Christmas tree out of a garbage, is what it looked like. Right. Which is extra sad. <laughs> Storm tells Wolverine to help because he has experience with field medicine, and at this point, Wolverine has not warmed up to the Morlocks yet. Yeah. And he goes over to help Leech and and start. Oh, you yeah, know, seeing what like get get him ready to move to the mansion, right? And Storm and Callisto start fighting, and Wolverine is basically like, "Shut up! We can't move him. It's too late to move him." Oh yeah, because yeah, right before that he did this, like, "Uh oh." Yeah, he gave the uh. <laughs> yeah, his pulse is too low to travel. He probably won't survive it. Right. So at that point, we meet Mariana. Any knowledge of Mariana as a character? I don't know her from X Men stuff. I remember as a kid, and you probably don't know what this is because it was a Kokomo, Indiana specific thing. She looks like a green version of what we called the We Care doll. So nope. In Kokomo, there was this Christmas charity thing called We Care. It was an auction. They raised money for, you know, like underprivileged people and stuff. And there was a doll called the We Care doll. Imagine Mariana, but with like Caucasian skin tone. Okay. It's a doll. And every year I got auctioned to a different person for an insane amount of money or insane for that town amount of money. And growing up, we were taught or told that this was like a one of a kind thing. That got passed around. And so every year got a new owner and it always raised a lot of money. Uh-huh. Fast forward. So a year or two before the pandemic, my friend Romina, who does the YouTube documentaries and stuff, did this documentary of like failed toys lines. And in it, she visited failed toys or some failed product museum, something in LA. Yeah. And in it was the We Care doll. And I was like, the We Care doll was in there? And then she covered it. Apparently it was not a one of a kind. <clears throat> It was an attempted line of toy dolls. Like a Cabbage Patch Kid copycat or something? something, Yeah, Yeah. that failed. And so our little podunk town, someone got one of these or brought it and then like lied lied about it or something? I don't know. That's the best charity ever. Or maybe got miscommunicated or something? No, they lied. To my knowledge, that is still going now. Never tell them. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Also, any Kokomo friends listening to this, sorry. I don't know. It is wild, but that's the only reference I had to Mariano is that she looks, they just made her look like the dress, the eyes and everything, her hair and stuff. So in the comics, Mariana as a Morlock does not exist. Okay. There is a reference to a character named Mariana Smallwood, who's actually Namor's wife at one point in the comics. Oh. And I think that's a little bit of like the fish-esque appearance because she has like scales Scales, yeah Yeah. she would like you know become a full-fledged character her own and then eventually transforms into a giant like creature and dies so they're like it's a really weird fucking character oh that's sad if that's the same girl then i (laughs) i didn't look up pictures on it but who knows maybe i will maybe i will there you go Stay tuned to our Instagram. I definitely felt like that they needed her to be, because they already had the kid we knew unconscious because he was the stakes. Yeah. So they needed like another kid to be like the like the Christmas cheat code as little kids, right? Right. So like they needed a Christmas cheat code of like a little Timmy that wasn't sick <laughs> to, to be in there, you know, like it's like, God bless us, everyone. She's just, she's like super optimistic about everything. That's what she looks like. I can kind of see it. But um, I don't know if I agree with it. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like the Red T-Rex you mentioned a couple episodes back. Oh, Devil Dinosaur. Devil, it's like... That one I'm more convinced of than yeah, this. But it's still like just vague enough that it might not be. Like they could claim it wasn't. Like the big eyes and everything eyes, like that. That yeah. does sell it a little bit more, the eyes. And that kind of makes... Oh yeah, and she's with Puck. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, okay, so maybe it is the same one. Okay, that's that'll, super sad. Yep, that'll be shared on our Instagram <laughs> if I remember. But yeah, she's kind of the voice of hope for Jubilee because Jubilee is in her... I mean, even though she's not the victim of the circumstance, she's pretty traumatized by it because the beginning of the day started off as like her best Christmas ever. Yeah, literally, literally to the point of saying this is the first time she's actually had a family at Christmas. Yeah, to being in the literal sewer of New York watching a child die. Yeah. <laughs> like within hours. Right. Yeah, literally an hour ago, she was skating in Rockefeller Center. Yeah. At that point, Jubilee kind of lets out the like innocent ask of, you know, you can heal yourself. Can you heal others? And everybody kind of gives pause of like, wait, can he heal others? I thought the same thing. I was like, is that a thing? Right. So Wolverine initially pushes back really, really heavily and, and goes to saying it's impossible to maybe there's a chance. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of like one of those scenarios of like, oh, well, if it's a chance, you have to try no matter what. Yeah. You know, and and they're like, well, what do you mean there's a chance? And he says that he's failed before. The last time it was over 20 people. And which to be fair, that's a lot of blood to give. So 
<laughs> yeah, but he replenishes stuff. But he also says that the last one was a kid. So we kind of also here get a direct reference to a kid dying, which again, dark as shit for Saturday morning cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon and a Christmas episode. But he does say that it has worked twice and once was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And legit at like saying this because I don't, know if we ever revisit it i'm curious who those two are right yeah that would be an interesting story to continue in x-men 97 or if it's in the final episodes of this series i glanced over those to let shawnee who missed the last episode know what maybe what she could pick my guess is not based Mm -hmm. on some of the titles but who knows maybe they could mention it no unless it's in maybe the old soldiers episode which i'm just i'm pontificating without saying anything more because i don't want to yeah i don't remember anything but Maybe. We'll talk about that after the episode. So Storm orders them to get in touch with Beast and have Rogue fly him over. And then you get this this moment where when Storm is trying to get everybody going, Wolverine drops the blame on her for not being there. She was supposed to be looking after the Morlocks. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has to take it. But she's like, but also, if this was your kid, would you still say no? And because Wolverine's dilemma is probably he doesn't want to be the source of another failure. Right. But because he can't he's worried about what it's going to do to him if he fails, because mm-hmm. if you take it in the timeline of the episodes, he's also just come back from some pretty traumatic shit, regardless of if the Weapon X episode or the Japan episode yeah. happened first. <laughs> Either way, he's in a better place. Yeah. And so like that, that might be stealing some of his recovery from him. But finally, he concedes because that's what, what he does. He's not going to let an innocent person get hurt because he yeah. doesn't try to do something. Ape continues to be the comic relief of the episode and makes himself into a table. I like that he's always like dumb as a bag of rocks. He's so stupid. I and, love it, but he's so stupid. But And in here, he literally just becomes an inanimate object. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a pretty nice table to be right? kidded. Yeah. Mariana asks Jubilee if she thinks Leech is going to be okay. And then Jubilee asks her if she believes in miracles. And then, like, the saddest line of the okay. entire episode is Mariana doesn't even know what a miracle is. Yeah, because they're just surviving yeah. in, the, in the sewers. So Jubilee is like, well, maybe maybe you're going to see one. Mm-hmm. And I think you actually see, like, tears from Jubilee, which... Yeah, there was the light white outline as yeah. the way of animating the tears. Yeah, so it was like, it was... It was there, but it wasn't like super overt kind of thing. Yeah. Crash over to happy music <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, I think this is the next time we hear the Hark the Herald to the Deck the Halls. Maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kitchen continues to be a screaming match. Yeah, I have here Karen Jean is yelling at Gambit for putting spice in her food. <laughs> I guess yeah. we need to know some details to see the legitimacy of it. Like, but in my head, it plays out that she made like raw chicken and just boiled it with a little bit of like a pinch of salt and Gambit's like can we have something with flavor in this well because he's coming from Louisiana where like spice is everything and, and like he's delicious he's, yeah but also we don't know if he's good at it that's the piece we're missing I guess yeah because she's really defensive and I feel like if somebody's good at something you still let them do it and just you make your own shit on the side you don't let them touch your <laughs> shit I guess if she was making all the main courses he's like I'm gonna have to eat this so, I don't know I, I, also, maybe maybe he has horrible taste buds. Yeah. So they're screaming at each other, and I think we talked about their fight longer than they actually fought. Yeah. Xavier comes into the kitchen, and he pulls a shut up everybody moment like Scott would, explains the situation, and then everybody instantly like goes into X-Men mode. Yeah. Where it's like, what can we do to help? Yeah, which is really cool. Because it's like, oh, our shit doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get past our own bullshit. And then Gambit sneaks some cayenne pepper into the... <laughs> that's why that's why gambit is like yes yes help them yeah let's help back in the tunnels they start doing the the transfusion and mariana decides to show jubilee around the tunnels shows them the tree jubilee you know she doesn't want to shit on mariana's day so she's like yeah. yeah it's the most beautiful tree and you find out that leech was the one who found it probably with those same skills that he used to <laughs> levitate the apples the in, yeah and then also found the dinner before the cold made him sick yeah so his actions in helping the Christmas thing. Of helping the entire group of them. Because yeah. it sounds like he's one of the few that still makes it up topside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like this the scavenger of the group who's getting more of the stuff for them. Yeah. Probably because he's little, so he's easier to yeah, like sneak cool. around. I mean, 
I've definitely almost run over children by walking in Times Square before. So <laughs> yeah. they're just in the way. You just, just got to kick them really hard. I have run into not just anybody that's remotely shorter than me in Manhattan, Times Square or whatever. Seth Green. Mariana offers Jubilee food. Storm sees this and is like, well, Mariana asked you a question. Are you going to join them? And Jubilee, like, the way that you could talk around kids was like, how do they stay so happy and positive when they have nothing Mm -hmm. because she's young enough that like she's very young she's got to be like five six years old or something like that because she's still baby talks yeah she's still baby talking and around jubilee who's a 13 year old who's literally double her height you know basically being like what they have nothing and storm gives her the the kind of like check yourself moment of no they they got each other and for some people that's literally all they need and ultimately you know the moral of a lot of these christmas episodes or holiday episodes of things are that the reason you have like material things is to bring together your community your right. family or whatever so if you already have your family or community like how important are the material things yeah especially because they're in a very communal like living space and stuff like that mm-hmm. like they're you know, these aren't people who don't get to see each other and spend time with each other that they need to use exchanging gifts as the reason to see each other. Yeah. But they decide they need to go back and see how stuff is going. Everybody's kind of worried that it doesn't work because, you know, Wolverine gets up and Leech still hasn't moved. At that point, Beast does arrive and everybody kind of like gets on Beast's case. yelling at And especially Callisto. <laughs> and she's like, aren't you supposed to be a doctor? Yeah. And Beast in the most respectful way, tells her to chill the fuck out. Yeah, she's like, okay, Cyclops. <laughs> Which is ironic because she actually does have one eye. Right. Oh, I did not mean to make that joke. Yep. I make a lot of accidental pun jokes. Yeah, you did. But yeah, he's like, you know, I can't predict the effects of Wolverine's blood. It's miraculous, but it's still an unknown. Mm. And then as that's happening, Leech starts blinking, which is really trippy because he doesn't have pupils. Yeah. So it's like... At first, you weren't sure if he was conscious until the blinking happened because his eyes were open as he was laying there. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. I was like, so is he already dead? Because he has <laughs> closed his eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but poor Leech. The first thing he sees is Beast's face and it freaks him the fuck out, <laughs> which Beast at least acknowledges. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm a, it was, he said something like, I must not be the like, most like comforting yeah. thing to see. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wonder what Leech was sick with. They never address it, that he was like unconscious. <laughs> I mean, it could just be like a really, really bad flu hitting somebody. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Like a pneumonia or something like that. Because, I mean, I've, I've had pneumonia before when I was younger and like, not not like his age, but when I was mm-hmm. probably in like my early 20s or something. Okay. And like, I slept for like three days. Oh, it takes you out. Like oh, it, it knocked me on my ass. Yeah. Gotcha. Wolverine is over by the tree and he's kind of doing the sad sack Wolverine. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in some like lesser known memes. That's screen grab. It was definitely in a lot of our Instagrams feed because okay. Christmas. Cri- well, Christmas and then the fact that our Cyclops is waiting for me. Instagram is following just a bunch of other people in this community. Yeah, yeah. So between the Lee Walls, the X-Cast crew, Larry Houston, somebody posted that and I'm pretty sure I reshared it. So at that point, Storm asked for the scepter and Callisto's like, why? And she's like, you don't get to, you don't get to question that. I'm the leader. Give me the scepter and kneel. I was like, gonna fucking cut her head off or something like that. It's like the unhappiest Christmas ever. I, I love that little turn or bait and switch or whatever Storm has. It's like, I'm going to be a bitch for just a second. Yeah, she's like, I need to let this out right now because this is my last moment of power with Callisto. <laughs> yeah. So Callisto kneels and at that point, Storm basically says, as the leader of the Morlocks, I am relinquishing all claim and Callisto is your rightful leader. Am I remembering incorrectly that she tried this earlier and it didn't work? Don't remember to be totally honest. Yeah, for some reason, maybe this is a false memory. Or the Weapon X training. Yeah, your Weapon X training is backfiring. But I thought that when Storm originally accidentally beat Callisto, she's like, oh, no, I don't want to be leader. And they're like, well, you have to be because you beat her. In this but fight. you didn't push back a second time on that. Okay, maybe that was the thing. She, she didn't make playing. it a, like a decree. She was just yeah. like, I don't want it. All right. Yeah, I think that's the that's the loophole. Okay. So it's she- it's like the Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. That show sucks ass. Did you watch the show? My mom made me watch it during Christmas. It is fucking awful. That CG was wild. Fuck the CG. The story was trash. Without spoiling it. it, Thank you, Disney Plus. (laughs) Yeah. 
Thanks for sponsoring us. If you loved the first Santa Claus movie. Stop there. Yeah, well, this series undoes probably the things that you loved about the first movie. Not even just like how it executed. Literal story points. Yeah, it does have literal story points. So just, just a forewarning out there. Also, Tim Allen puts really weird conservative points into the script where it doesn't need to be. Just random. Anyway. But there's the League of Santas. That was actually the most interesting part. It's I, not not good, but it's there. No, it's not it's not good, but I like that he was traveling through the Yuleverse and discovered Krampus. Like I thought that was pretty funny. Right. Wolverine, because now it's a little bit more of a positive moment, mm-hmm. makes a joke about giving blood, which if you've ever given blood, they usually give you something to drink, which is orange juice and cookies to give you back your blood sugar. It's so funny because I do remember that line. Yeah. And I didn't connect to the blood donation yeah. thing. If you if you ever donate blood, you are almost always given sugary stuff to to help you. So funny thing. I don't know. I haven't tried since, and I probably can now. Growing up, I was never allowed to donate blood because my mother, when I was really young, had one of the hepatitis or whatever. And there was some, at the time, stipulation that if you're in a household with... Oh, just someone, from being in a household? Wow. Yeah, with, with them, that you couldn't donate blood for X number of years. Right. And then anytime I would like... Well, thankfully, you're old as fuck now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also, I have, like, I can't stand the side of my own, any blood, let alone my own. And so even when I have to get blood drawn for, like, medical stuff... I tell them, like, I know I'm, like, 40. I'm going to look away, and you just tap me when you're done. Because I have to not know this is happening. Because I'll, like, vomit all over this place. Perfect. But I, I do want to, I, I think it's important. So, I in the past, when I've tried, do and then, well, you know what, last time I tried? This was still a long time ago, so I should try. I was out of, I hadn't lived with my parents in, for years, like a decade, where I'm like, okay, finally, I've cleared that time or whatever. And then I got there, and they're like, you've had a tattoo in the last year. So, now you can't do it. I was like... All right, well, this is just a sign that I, I have an aversion to it, and they won't let me, so I just... <laughs> I'm just going to punch you in the face repeatedly, right? and we're going to let it soak into a towel. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so I think, like, I didn't connect that because I Because you've never gotten to that I never point. got the orange juice and the cookie. I just always had to leave the donation center. <laughs> right. But then Ape is also excited for it, which just proves that he's just the doofus of yeah. the episode. Well, he was a table for, like, an hour. But so. he didn't even have anything. He's like, I just want a cookie because they taste good. Yeah. Well, he held up Wolverine. Wolverine makes sure to thank Lee for making it which i thought was wolverine having a vulnerable moment but it was the good kind of vulnerable not like oh my world keeps shattering every other episode moment yeah like he's 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 actually on a good streak now yeah he he made out with the girl in japan and probably more merry christmas (laughs) and then the you get the moment between storm and wolverine where storm actually apologizes to him for questioning him yeah because you know obviously she didn't understand what he had gone through with seeing those all those people that he failed callisto invites them all for dinner which they they gladly accept and jubilee starts opening up gifts and giving them out to the Morlocks. And she says, half of these are food. I was really confused about half of these are food. I guess it's just like summer sausages and fruitcake or something. You know what I mean? Like those okay. like, those little charcuterie boards. Yeah, I never like, gave those as gifts ever in my life. I only did as a child because they were just kind of conditioned in us. You know, the kiosk of the mall stuff. And then once I got old enough to realize like nobody wants this shit. I mean, I, I now do. I do. Oh, because <laughs> now I'm hungry again. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the Pepperidge Farm thing. Yeah, yeah I, I guess that just wasn't in our, like the Italian family. We never yeah. did that. But I, it's funny. Because I picture Italian food, which should not be sitting in a box no. to be yeah. transported. And it's funny because I specifically remember Jubilee at the beginning of the episode when she had her stack of gifts. She was like, should we get some food? We should get some food. And it's like, oh, they they like left that note in there so that later it makes sense that she had food in the things but also why are they wrapped so remember how we've had a fight about what Chekhov's gun is oh yeah that that's one. actually Chekhov's <laughs> gun Rob Chekhov's no you no stop it <laughs> you were you were so close <laughs> you, were, you were there and then you just lit it on fire like it's a tree in Rockefeller Center. <laughs> demon possessed yeah and then but then they open the presents and there's not food well, we don't see all the presents get open, but I did have the question, who was she buying the toy plane for that Leech was holding? <laughs> so I'm, I'm putting this together in my head because she said they were nice gifts. So we're going to assume it was like not a cheap toy plane, right? Okay. I don't, was it Xavier? These like vintage toys? Was it Was it for Wolverine? <sighs> wasn't for Wolverine. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You know what? The actual like, was it like a vintage model or something, something? like that? I don't know. Or like a remote control plane for Gambit? Because <laughs> I could see a 13-year-old being like, Gambit would like a remote control plane. That is true. I didn't think about that as kids. Like you only think things through your perspective of what, you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But there was something else too that was clearly a little kid's toy. It was like the generic like iconography of what toys are at Christmas. It was maybe a train or something. I don't even remember to be honest. But yeah, I remember the plane. It's kind of like in Christmas Story, like whoa, a Zeppelin. Mm. Like yeah, just an eight year old would like that, but that's about it. Eight year olds don't even like Zeppelins. <laughs> no, not now. Yeah. And there's like the little bit of back and forth and, you know, Storm and Jubilee where, you know, she she says how proud of her she is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's probably her most memorable Christmas ever, even if it wasn't what she had planned. And then you get one last moment with Gambit, who's so angry because he made this massive amount of food and nobody's there to eat it. It's literally four of them yeah. at the mansion. So. This is hilarious because this kind of is the same beef I had with the end of Home Alone 2. Do you remember the end of Home Alone 2? It's been forever, to be honest. You know the bird lady? Yeah. yeah. They're at this five-star hotel, you know, and they like he's ordered like what, like $1,000 worth of room service or something like that. Easily. And room service right outside of Central Park, yeah. easily $1,000. And then the owner of that toy store ends up getting them all these gifts and like a huge meal and stuff. And so he's like, I got to do one more thing. And he has those Christmas ornaments the toy store owner gave him, the two turtle doves. And he's like, the other one needs to go to a good friend. So he runs back to the park to the bird lady and gives her the ornament. But not the food. And at the end, it's like, invite the lady to dinner. She's clearly unhoused in New York during December. And he just runs back to the hotel. So in this one, one way or the other, either I can see the argument of Leech can't travel because he's he's healed, but he's maybe still too sick. I would. I, I agree. You should not try to move the Morlocks because yeah. Leech is recovering. Yeah, maybe. But, or take all that fucking food or some of it or something. Rogue They're, made it back and forth pretty quickly and could carry a lot of shit in yeah. Tupperware. And, and they also have like jets and Blackbird. Okay, all Rod, Rod, how are you going to land a jet in New York City? They've done it before. Not in the, <laughs> not in the middle of Manhattan, they haven't. I mean, ambulance crash in Rockefeller, that's already a clear landing pad. It's probably already a crime scene. Either way, it's like, he's like, there's none of this food or whatever. There's, nobody's going to eat this food. It's like, but then there's a great line. Gambit, don't make TV dinners. Now, do you feel, I felt like that was cemented it in the 90s. Do you, TV dinners? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Because I know we have frozen food now. Yeah. It's hard to describe to people who didn't, you know, anybody who didn't live through it. Like, we had, like, TV dinners. It's like kind of a different thing. Well, it was the fact that we would literally pull out the TV tray. Yeah. So, you would eat on your couch while watching TV. I think the shift is now people can make the argument to go and sit at the kitchen table because you're on your phone and you're not watching TV. Okay. Well, it was just a different vibe of the meal, though, because it was in that weird, like, paper tray with, like, the... the that still exists, though. But, like, it was a different type. Like, they're, they're some of them are a little nicer now and stuff. I think the closest is, like, kid cuisine might still be around. I feel like, because I've definitely seen it in the freezer section, uh-huh. I feel like kid cuisine has not changed in 35 years. That, okay. And I haven't tried to it, get one. Well, but, I haven't tried it either, but yeah, I've definitely seen, seen it. it. So that, if anybody's still, like, wants to know a reference that hasn't seen it like that's probably the closest i could think of because this is like this vibe like there's a bunch of stuff that shouldn't cook well together mm-hmm. that they just put in a tray anyway yeah and it's in this weird like wax paper tray thing and like you said with the t i remember my tv tray is a thundercats that was yours like, specifically tray, yeah i can't remember what mine were but it, we definitely had like individual ones mm-hmm. and then at one point we had like the ones that multiple matching ones and it was yeah they were on the rack mm-hmm yeah, and I don't know why there was a specific smell to it too. Because of the the like the tin or the aluminum or whatever yeah, it was, maybe preservatives or whatever, and like I think because I think TV oh that's that's called the cancer. Oh yes, yeah. Yo, you want to hear? So my mom when she first moved to the states, she worked at like a like a food packing plant. Thank God your parents don't listen to the yeah. show. No, she would love the story to get out. Okay, because she tells the people all the time. So when I was a kid, we get TV dinners all the time because even though it smelled weird. Now thinking as an adult, I can still remember the smell. But as a kid, I remember smelling good. I always beg my mom for like a, not just kid cuisines, but any TV dinner and like Salisbury steak or something. And my mom was like, no, because she used to work at one of those places. And she was like, like, we're packing the food and then just people sweat directly into it. She's like, boop. And then you just put plastic on it and send it out. As an adult, I'd look back like, yeah, I'm never going to eat one of those. As a kid, I was like, I don't care. I want my kid cuisine. (laughs) But microwaves saved us. I don't know. I, don't I got know, nothing. Yeah. So my mom's whole thing is like, I, I watched me and my other coworkers literally sweat into the food trays because they're hovering over while they're packing it. Well, I know what our bonus reel for Instagram <laughs> is going to be. Just just tell me which specific factory to not use an image of. Yeah, I can't remember where she nope. worked. Merry and then, Christmas. And then the, fu- the final moments of the episode is Jubilee talking to Professor X and, you know, she wants to make sure that they don't feel bad that she's not there, that she doesn't want to be there with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Professor gives the expected answer of he completely understands and 
hearing her do this is the best gift he could have asked for. Yeah. And then we get the pan out to the outside, Merry Xmas from, or Merry Christmas, Christmas from yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. yeah Which sweet. we did share on our Instagram. I know that one. I definitely share it on yeah. Christmas Day. So. Really sweet. Also, Professor Xavier is probably thankful. He's like, this is probably the one day that year that no one was in crisis. Except Leech. Leech. But I mean, like, the X-Men. Like, His own well, team. Well, well, the end of the day. Yes. Was like, all right, no one's dying. Defected to Japan. <laughs> you know, Canada. He's actually like, just hoping that Gene is going to knock out Gambit and then it'll be yeah, quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Gene's not dying from some space radiation thing. I like, do I do love that for the most part, Scott has avoided the kitchen because he's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Did he say anything in this episode? I think, well, he does the horrible singing and then he calls yeah. Wolverine a grump. Oh, that, that beginning part. Or no, he says that he hates fun. Specifically that yeah. Wolverine hates fun. And then he, I believe when they're arguing the second time, he's in there. I know he's in there. I couldn't remember what he yeah. said. But I guess, yeah, after that, he just checks out. Like, he's not really there. I mean, if she's going off and she's a psychic, do you really want right. her to read your thoughts right now? Yeah, he's like, like, he's like, nope. He's like, steps back. Nope. He's like, yep, love you, bye. Yeah. Because he's not lying. He's just getting the fuck out of then it. Then he, like, walks by Gambit. He's like, he's like, don't tell her, but just sneak me some shit later. And then he his head explodes. <laughs> yeah. We hit most of the stuff during the episode. One of the things Eric does really specifically like about this episode was that Jubilee as a foster child is having her first real Christmas. And he was very happy that that got to be a part of it. The part that he acknowledges that he dislikes is it was a lot of stuff very over the top. This is also one of the episodes where he's a co-writing credit on it. And that is a sign that the episode was troubled from the start. Oh no. Yeah. And he actually there. he actually says the other writer is like, don't blame them. They were just taking what we gave them and, and running with it. Uh -huh. But you know, that's that's a part of it. I, I still think in the grand scheme of all the episodes, to say this is the worst one, I think is a miss. I, no, I, yeah. I definitely don't think this is the worst one. I mean, I yeah. guess if you don't like Christmas stuff or like holiday stuff, maybe, but I hate like anything with cheer. <laughs> The children dying. <laughs> Not saying anything because that would be clipped out of context somehow. No, I mean, I, I, I legit like this. I wish we had thought about it sooner. Right. And it went live around Christmas, but fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. I think, unfortunately, we did need to watch the episodes before this because it actually makes the Wolverine story Wolverine better. Thing, yeah. And even if that was not intentional with all the stuff that had previously happened on it and it just was the coincidence of that's where it fell from a like holiday and timeline perspective, mm -hmm. I was okay with it. Yeah, so happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, God damn it, right? <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. And if you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments of the YouTube upload, the official Instagram post, or fight about it in TikTok. <laughs> I'm going to start jumping into TikTok, telling Rod what to say, and then cause more chaos. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. Since this is Christmas, give us a five-star, please. I think we actually have a five-star average right now. Nice. We don't have a ton of, of, of reviews, but yeah. I think everybody has actually given us a five-star. So oh, thank you thank guys you. for that. That is the way that you raise to the top in Apple specifically is having positive ratings. You can find us there, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox. Merry fucking Christmas, you Grampus motherfucker. <laughs>